escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello and welcome to Springboard Your Virtual University. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you to Ghana's most inspirational show and the place where the greatest minds in the world converge. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Wishful Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, and the Ghana Growth Program with media support from the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Business Newspaper. So we continue our series on job pathways, trying to explore how to resolve Africa's unemployment problem, and by extension, the challenge of youth unemployment in Ghana. Our solution is very simple. Just point young people to where the pathways are, what opportunities there are, and even how to position themselves to take advantage of any openings there might be in the marketplace. Talk to employers and they say they're looking for people to hire. Talk to young people and they say they're looking for jobs. Who's speaking the truth? Let's find out as we settle today on real estate. It's been identified as one of the five fastest growing sectors or industries in Africa in the past year, along with fintech, food, e-commerce, and logistics. How big is the value chain? And what are the opportunities in there? My guest today is very qualified to help us understand this exciting industry. Architect Agnes Fusapia is, is a partner at Axenus, which is the leading female-led architecture firm in Ghana. That alone makes it of great interest to me. And the, the honorary treasurer, of the Ghana Institute of Architects. Agnes, good to see you. Good to see you. And thank you for having me here. Oh, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether to explore the fact that you keep all the money of the architects in Ghana or to start from the fact that <laughs> yours is a female-led architectural firm because we're excited about women venturing into areas that hitherto were male-dominated. Oh and and that's that's probably where I want to start from. Okay. What would it take to get more young women to boldly step into and lead in areas that have been traditionally male-dominated? Um, well, for me, it wasn't a conscious decision to trek into an area that's male-dominated. I think the first thing for any young lady to know is that you're qualified. As long as you're qualified, there's nothing meant for just men or just women. I think the advantage or one major difference between a man and a woman is maybe that the physical strength. But even in physical strength, there are women excelling in tennis, Venus Williams, there are women doing bodybuilding. So if that is what you want to do, go ahead and do it. And even if there's no provision for a woman, I'm sure your presence alone will help there be a reform in that area. And so if um, I see it as this way, you see something and it's good and you are interested in, uh, pursue it and pursue it not half-heartedly, but wholeheartedly. And then make sure you excel in it and you will. All right. So be passionate, be qualified and then pursue, pursue it. excel in the field and you'll yes. be fine. Yes. Okay. So that's a prescription of Agnes for anyone who, any young woman wanted to enter any field that is deemed to be male dominated she says there's nothing like uh, a restricted area for men only going there do well um, Agnes what about let's talk about the architectural industry or sector once in a while you hear somebody say listen I designed this myself I don't I didn't even use an architect and it's supposed to be something that we should applaud help us to appreciate why that kind of posturing is actually um, 
not the case. That's it. That's if it is not. <laughs> Make a case for using professionals in in, in building. So a professional has spent a number of years studying the thing that you're doing. Um, for you, the layman, a laywoman, you may have some ideas of what you want to do, but the professional helps guide the process so that, for instance, if you use an architect, you're probably using the shortest possible time to you to do what you want to achieve. Um, you are ensuring value for money as well. Um, there are instances where you would walk into a building that someone says they've designed themselves and it's horribly dark um, without artificial lighting. There's no lighting. Um, it's hot and stuffy because ventilation isn't going through well. And so um, if, for instance, they used a professional, that process would have been streamlined and be more efficient. Yesterday, for instance, I was on a site where the client had been, we spent quite a number of days, weeks going back and forth of the need of having, for instance, a site inspector on site because he says his mason is very good. Why should somebody be there telling him what to do? And yesterday when we arrived on site and they had already started digging the trenches, the site inspector, we noticed that measurements were wrong. They were setting out, we had asked for setting out to be done and we inspect before the trenches are dug. But when we got there, they had started digging the trenches and the measurements were wrong. So we had to repeg and then the work redone. And that's a couple of days lost and money spent because he had hired a, um, equipment to be able to come and do it. If he went with a professional, <laughs> he would have saved some money. And that's just at, at the beginning of the project. So it's important to have a professional. Compound as time goes on. Yes. Yeah. I guess it's because the 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 perception is that the money that goes to the professional could have been used to, <laughs> to spend directly on on, on the project. It is true. People perceive that, but there's been a research that says the money you pay for the professional uh, constitutes one percent of the building cost for the entire lifespan of the building. So, for instance, um, you build a house. If you used um, concrete, that's fifty-year lifespan. Your the construction will be two, three, maximum four years. But the time that you spend living in it and using it, renting it and all of that, and how that building performs is um, what the professionals put in. And if it performs badly, then you have what, 49, 48, 47 years of high costs that could have been eliminated or, or major repairs that you have to do periodically because you didn't use a professional. Is 1% of what? Of the cost of the building for the entire lifespan of the building. In your profile, you talk, you, you wrote something that I found exciting. You say you want to Africa to have architecture that is culturally relevant to the people, technologically advanced, and bioclimatically sensitive. <laughs> Tell me, what does it mean to be bioclimatically sensitive? <laughs> or even culturally relevant, <laughs> and of course, technologically advanced. What kind of architecture are you excited about? Well, I tend to do a lot. Um, my architecture is based on modern architecture. So um, straight lines, and those straight lines for, for me here work well because our artisans, some are skilled, but most are not formally trained. And so it's easier to build a straight line. <laughs> than to build something overly decorative. And so uh, straight lines work well for me. But um, in addition, the culturally sensitive and the bioclimatic um, notions that you have to consider is because we live very differently from um, maybe people in cold areas or even at different countries. And so the architecture has to be bespoke to the person and the place rather than um, sometimes we have people say, oh, I saw this plan on the internet. They've downloaded it. They want it. It may work in America, but definitely not work here because you have a way you live. Um, additionally, we tend here to uh, cut all the trees when you get a site, clear the land, literally like you've sculpted it before we build. But the um, nature as it is, is very relevant to how we live. And so if you're sensitive about knowing what exists in the place, if it's a densely um, uh, forested area, can you build and incorporate the trees in it? 
or if you have to take some of the landscape, the existing landscape away, can you replace it in a more sensitive way so that we don't have these issues that we have with floods, for instance. Part of it is that most of our compounds are paved off. So when it rains, the ground doesn't absorb the water. And so the runoff then accumulates. If on a street you have 10 houses, that's runoff from every house, fills the gutter, the gutter then overflows because half of the time those are choked anyway. And then we have the flooding. So it's those considerations that are important. And since we are in 2023, where technology is keeps moving and changing now, we have AI and all, it's that how do we incorporate it in our, in our buildings? How do we, um, for instance, um, hook your house up to your phone so that when you are away, you can ensure that the lights are on in the night and you don't have to be physically there to turn on the lights, for instance. Um, those things are what interest me. I like the fact that you said don't just see any plan, plan <laughs> Pinterest pages. Just just hook it and, and, and implement it because people do that a lot. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um still on a profile, you talked about avoiding the mistakes of the architecture of developed countries. I think I'm interested in that one. What has what they done wrongly that you would like us to correct, correct. in our in our work locally? Okay. So um, in the developed countries, as population grew and development came, um, they looked to densify their cities, their city centers, so that you can house a lot more people closer to work and closer to the amenities that exist, which also is it's a good idea because then it cuts costs. You don't need to build a road from here to Dodoa because some one person in their one car will drive all the way from Dodoa to Seishiashi um, to work. But what happened is, for instance, in the um, high-rise buildings that they built, they at that time maybe didn't know or didn't consider that man needs to be as close to the ground as possible or feel nature as much as possible. So we have maybe 50-story and there are no bricks, no sky gardens, no sky courts, nothing. So if you were on the 50th floor, you're on the 50th floor and you have to come down all the way to elevator, down the elevator to experience nature, for instance. But if we look at it this way, either we choose not to densify that high. We don't have to. Denmark is flourishing and the buildings are not 25-story and above. There's very human skill. And it's a a, um, city I admire very much. Or if we do choose to go the route of Singapore, another city I really enjoy, that we are sensitive with um, how we design. So for instance, if you had a 25-story building, could we break it up so that every five floors there's, um, say, a garden or a park? So if you lived on the 25th floor, you're really just coming down five floors to enjoy a garden. If you have children, then they are not cooped in within a space that they have an open area, although it may be up in the sky is properly designed that they could enjoy it. Um, and I make reference again to Singapore. We visited Singapore and from our hotel, it was connected by a large bridge across the road to um, a shopping center. And as you went across that bridge, I say there are trees, there's kindergarten children who had come out for pee on the bridge. And this is probably on the seventh or eighth floor. And yet it didn't feel like it was the seventh or eighth floor because you're working and it feels like you're ground on ground level. And as we develop, because we are a bit behind the world, it's those things that we need to consider to include in our designs as we move, rather than building the way of the West and then coming back some years later and say, oh, we didn't get it right. We need to correct. It's almost like a crusade. One person had a crusade to change the way we do things. And I'm just wondering... How much difference can one person make? But I guess if you did it on your sites and people saw it and they liked what they saw, we, we, we like copying this button. Yes, course. we like copying. So I guess there are many more people who say, you know what, yeah. I saw this thing Agnes did and I really think this is how we should be living. So mm-hmm. please keep it up. Don't give up. <laughs> we brighten the corner where we are. You know, I understand why you said brighten the corner where we are. So if you just joined us, this is Springboard, which I invested in, my guess is. Agnes Ofosopia helping us to appreciate her, her, her philosophy of architecture, culturally sensitive 
technologically advanced and bioclimatically was sensitive. sensitive. Don't just please concrete the whole place to 35 floors. She says the Singapore model is 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 is, is reasonable. Every five floors, put in a garden, put in something that is a bit more humane than the block, 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 block. Okay, so that is her idea. She says for those who think you are a female and this is a male-dominated field, please just be passionate about it just be qualified just boldly go in and excel in it and that's all it takes to be a female shining in a male dominated field agnes let's go to jobs mm -hmm. how diverse how wide how broad expansive is the real estate ecosystem and what kinds of jobs exist in there for young people okay so um real estate um we know real estate is land um which would have a building or natural resources permanently attached to it so um from your home which is real estate all the way to say um a national park which has a hotel on it is real estate and that that makes it quite large and so if we're looking for at for instance land if you were um, acquiring land, for instance, you need um, someone evaluate. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. One appraiser to be able to assess what the cost is. That's one job. You need a lawyer versed in real estate. To be able to help you through the process that's another job um and um in the lands commission for instance there are a whole lot of categories of like where you go and register the land in your name so that's a whole list of <laughs> jobs that exist and then once the land is purchased and you are planning it and designing it that that's where i come in <laughs> and my colleagues um the architects will come in to design um if it's on a large uh, scale for instance you need uh, urban planners to um, plan before the architects even come in. Um, then as we're building the building, there's uh, the quantity surveyors um, who cost the building, structural engineers and civil engineers who um, work on the structures of the building and design roads, uh, mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, um, uh, people who, um, plumbing engineers. You also have, for instance, geomatics and geotech Nicole engineers who test the soil and survey the land as well. So that's one sector of it. Then once the construction comes on, there's a contractor who will build it. And the contractor has, um, who have his, all his own team of professionals, most likely. And then there are suppliers who supply machinery and equipment and uh, materials to the site. So if you choose to be a supplier, that's another way to source materials, even manufacture of those materials and supply it. Then there are the artisans, um, carpenters, masons, plumbers. Um, that's also a job line. And if you choose to go that, you can excel so much that you become like a, a specialist in carpentry or in masonry, if that's what you're, you're, you are gifted to be and you're interested in that. Um, once the building is built as well, um, the, the municipal authority or the statutory authority would inspect as well. So they are inspectors. Those are jobs that would come in and give you a certificate of habitation. So th there are jobs under that area. And then if you are renting or you are selling, then you need a realtor to help sell. So that's another stream of jobs. So it's quite broad. It's a, a, a very broad from Bearland to use there's quite a lot of um jobs that i'm sure the painting interior yes interior designers all of that i love these conversations because they help us to appreciate breath and i i before we came on there i was telling you that when i was growing up i wanted to become an architect mm -hmm. i'm sure that at that time if somebody had told me that the value chain in real estate includes these ones, not just as an exhaustive list, but mm -hmm. as broad strokes. I may have said, okay, you know what? If I'm not 
necessarily going to be an architect. Maybe I could explore something else in the value chain. Mm -hmm. Do you find that sometimes we are very unaware of the options that are open to us, especially mm -hmm. as we grow up and consider our career choices? Yes, and particularly the way we are educated in Ghana, it's very tunnel vision. So you can do science, but you can't do music. Mm. And you can't start maybe two years of a course and decide, oh, no, I'm interested in something else and skip and go and do that. So it makes it quite difficult for you to imagine something out of what you, you've seen or what you know. And so I think like programs like this really help um, educate young people. Because for me, for instance, when I decided to do architecture, um, an auntie of mine took me to go and meet architects. So that was it, but I was on a list of things. I, I looked at the list of potential things that I'd want to do. And I thought, oh, architecture would be interesting. At least we get to change the skyline of Kumasi because <laughs> that's where I grew up. And so that's what I want to do. And everybody went on to convince me that I wouldn't be rich <laughs> if I wanted to do architecture. And the slight rebelliousness in me, that, well, if you don't think I can do it, then I'll show you. <laughs> and here we are. So you think that yeah, yes, I proved it wrong. That means you are rich. <laughs> yeah. Amen. From your mouth to God's ear. Yeah. You claim it. Yes. <laughs> 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 you know what they are telling me is another dimension to it where people say, you know what, this thing, there's no money in yeah. it. Yeah. So, have we made progress? Let me stay with the TVET angle, the technical and vocational dimension mm -hmm. of the real estate value chain. Have we made progress from the point where somebody who's educated will be discouraged from their family from going into, let's say, carpentry, woodwork, and any of those vocational skills that are so big in a place like plumbing in Germany? I mean, those are huge. Those are huge. Those are huge. And yet, have we made progress in reorienting ourselves about career prospects in those places? Um, well, um, from where I sit, um, we get a few young people coming over because they've heard of architecture and they want to know uh, about it. And so, um, for instance, we have an intern, I think she's in Form 5 now with us, who is um, exploring architecture. We have parents bringing their children. Um, I know, for instance, um, there's an engineer that we work with who has gathered a team of young people and have them trained in plumbing. And so I think there's a program with the uh, GIZ or GTZ that they bring experienced plumbers down. Actually, they do it for general workmen. They bring experience who are in retirement. They come down and then train uh, people. Um, I'm hoping that we've made a lot of, of, of um, headway. I haven't heard where people have been stopped from going into that in recent times, in going into, say, carpentry or plumbing. But my concern, though, is in this um, social media age that the girls see women with long hair, dancing, all of that, and that is what they think. Because that's what they're exposed to, the music videos, the rapping, you know, and they think that is the only option for them. It would be good that they're exposed to a lot more to be able to know that you can do so much more than what you see on social media. For you as a professional, how 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 what what will be your what low hanging fruit can we tap into to get young people, young ladies starting out in their careers to look in these directions, not just for even young ladies, but young people, people to in general. be reoriented about prospects in some of these spaces that we are discussing. I think maybe in the schools, maybe in churches, in groups, because that's where they gather that they're educated early or exposed to early. Because you, if you haven't seen it, it's difficult to imagine it. So if somebody came to talk to you and told you that this is possible, we had um, a talk once. We went to, um, I think, Okiapaman, well, in the, around Akropong, there are some secondary schools that we went to speak to um, the youth. And when I asked how many of you know what an architect is? No one raised their hand. So they didn't even know it was a possibility in the first place to be able to pursue it. And these were people just about to sit for their exam. 
And so a, a bit more of exposure, maybe having professionals reach out to younger people to discuss with them would be able to open their, their eyes. And this program, for instance, luckily it's on, on online, it's on TV, it's on radio, so you have a large coverage. So it does help young people to know about them. Is this a place for specialized architecture, for instance, architecture for farms, for agribusinesses, for factories, for hospitals, for schools? Is there something like that? In Ghana? Can somebody decide that I'm a specialist, I'm an architect, but I specialize in building hospitals, galleries? Is there something like that? Yes. Um, in Ghana, because the market isn't that large, um, very few people get to specialize. You tend to design what comes to you because your client determines what is being built. But in other places, there are architects who specialize in just residential. Um, some do just uh, civic buildings. Some do just hospitals. And um, once you have to go through the, the, the rudimentary training, the first six, seven years of training, and get your professional license that you're an architect, and then you can go ahead to specialize. There are, there are architects who specialize in, there are people who, who just do design taps, and that's their speciality. Taps, wash, like wash and make tap, yes. <laughs> There's Philip Stack, and so he has a whole line of taps. And there are architects who just do um, facade design, so just the front of the building, that's their, their, their work, and they're specialized in that. So outside the country, there's a lot of options. <laughs> yeah, when I was in the when I was in the printing industry, I realized that everybody in printing in Ghana used to do everything. Mm -hmm. but, but when you went to Holland, you found that there's somebody whose job is just the finishing, somebody just the packaging, and they are happy to produce one from from one end in the value chain and ship it off to a specialist to finish to do that. and another specialist to bind. And it was just very interesting to see how they collaborated. And that way, it's excellent. It's more excellent, in my opinion. This is Springboard, your virtual university. As, as you can see, I'm enjoying this conversation with Agnes Fusuapia. She's the honorary treasurer of the Ghana Institute of Architects and a partner at Axenus, a leading female-led architectural firm in Ghana. She's helping us to understand first her philosophy of architecture and then how broad the the value chain or the ecosystem is in that industry, not just in architecture, but the whole real estate industry and what jobs there are there. Most importantly, she's challenging young people to reorient themselves about job opportunities so we don't have what she calls the tunnel vision outlook on jobs. She's asking a question that I asked myself several years ago. Why can't you do science and music? Why not? Mine was science and English literature. I would never forget the fact that my mom was was a, an English literature teacher mm -hmm. and I wanted to do literature, but my science meant I had to add one or two other electives that made it very difficult to do literature. So I loved it, but I dropped it. it. And I never forgave myself. So I self-linked literature. <laughs> let's go for a break. When we come back, let's find out where the money is. Is it in offices or homes? And what must you do to take advantage of opportunities in the real estate sector? Please don't go away. When you can be anything, who will you become? When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, how far will you go? When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start? When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire? When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, where will you send it? When you can tell a story in every language, which ones will you tell? When nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you, and, and the, the whole world, world awaits, awaits you. Don't go alone. Go with us. Everywhere, Everywhere you, you go. go. 
Kojo Korea. I tried the Billy Goat. No, fall leaders in school time. I am sending you this WhatsApp audio because you are the group admin. Did I not sit in the same class with you? Ask them. It took the group more than three months to contribute only a thousand CDs for me. When it took just one week to contribute the same amount for Nana. Why? Shenim, looking faces. A situation like this can be avoided. Sign on to Alumni by Enterprise Life. Designed for members of all students' associations. You decide a fixed amount that covers the lives of members their spouses and two adult relations say bye-bye to an equal welfare contributions with alumni by enterprise life it's possible charlie call daniel on 0246-373653 or karen on 050-162-7361 dream big with us enterprise your advantage <laughs> Welcome back to Springboard your virtual university and to this big conversation about the real estate sector locked down as one of the fastest growing in the continent in the past year. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. My guest, architect Agnes Ufusapia, she is the honorary treasurer of the the Ghana Institute of Architects and a partner at Axenis. I am excited about Axenis because I have. I am a beneficiary of one of their most iconic projects. You haven't mentioned that one. No, I haven't mentioned any of our projects yet. Tell me, tell me some of the projects you've done so that they know who I'm talking to. <laughs> tell me some of your favorites. It'll be like choosing among your children. Tell me, <laughs> difficult. Tell me, tell me some of the most challenging. Each project comes with its challenges. Um, and because it's site-specific, the sites usually, I mean, each site gives its challenges. Then also the procurement method, sometimes the clients. <laughs> sometimes the client, because I mean, uh, for, I understand the clients can't imagine what you're imagining. And so most of the time they find it difficult letting go sometimes because it's their money. And a client once asked, is it your money? Are you the one developing? <laughs> I said, I want this dude this way. But I understand um, why there would be that last way. And so you are the professional has to find a way to be able to make it um, sound. So you tell me your favorites. You tell me the most. You tell me the most challenging. So let me move to the most visible. The most visible. Um, so two come to mind. There's Premier Place that is between um, Accra, Etetekwashi, Accra Mall, and um, airport, it's on the right, it's red. You can't miss it. <laughs> yes. And then at Christ Temple East. Christ Temple East, a new baby. <laughs> Big... Iconic. Iconic. And it... impressive. And I had the privilege of watching watching yourself and Naneke and the team. What's that? Eileen. Eileen. Yes. Yourself, Naneke and Eileen work your miracles and wonders. And let me add my voice to everyone else and say thank you for that that incredible work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That that project we love because I mean the scale it's really on a large scale. And then also it was unusual because of the construction method we used as well. And then how many times do you get to do a church? You don't get that often, so a big one at that. And we got to collaborate with Constance Wanika on the screen and all. So that was really great as Very well. good friend of ours here. Yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So uh, Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Virtual Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group and the Ghana Growth Program with media support from the multimedia group and the graphic business. As we guess what, we've been talking about jobs and opportunities, and Agnes has been sharing a few things to us. I said I've gotten 10 points, 8 points from her, her thoughts so far. She doesn't believe me. So the first is about women entering male-dominated fields and what they should do. The second one is a case for using professionals. The third is about your vision for Africa and architecture. 
The fourth is about leapfrogging past errors and correcting the mistakes developed countries have made. The fifth is about the sheer expanse of the real estate sector. The sixth is about our mode of education, tunnel vision. The seventh is about technical and vocational skills and helping young people to appreciate them. And the eighth is about specialized architecture. It being an option, but the reason we don't pursue it in our part of the world is because the market is small. So you design what comes to you. Yeah. So let's take that one and move on to what, what is driving the growth in the architectural area? Is it domestic usage, residential properties or offices? Um, Post-COVID, where we are now, I think there's a higher demand in um, residential usage because work has become flexible. Um, we, we've understood that you don't necessarily need to be in the office. But it also means that people are becoming more discerning in accommodation. And so people want more comfortable accommodation, properly designed accommodation, um, want something that's close to other facilities. So if they have to work at home and they're resting at home, they can easily dash to the supermarket and back or dash here and back. And so that is where the demand has increased. There's been a decline in most parts in office, um, large office um, use. Um, although there are some companies who this is their mode of work and so they need the um, large spaces. But in most part, um, even for the multinationals, there are some people who are still working from home. They haven't been asked to come back, which means that means the office spaces that they were using has then um, needs to be repurposed or reused. So, so like you, like other industries, the real estate sector has been redefined by COVID as its way. Yes, by um, COVID, um, the inflation in this past two years, and I'd say even um, the year of return, where um, there are a lot more diasporans coming. Here, there's there's a need for accommodation for the diasporans coming, and a lot of them are also coming ahead of the December craze to try and find business opportunities, so that when their colleagues arrive, they can be the the ones to point out where the opportunities are, and so the the need for accommodation is it's um, increasing. Wow, much more. That's interesting. Let's talk about the informal sector and its architectural needs. Many times when you think about architecture, you think about the needs of big time, first class, yeah. upper middle class, <laughs> okay. formal operators. And I'm, I'm just wondering, in the informal sector, in the semi-rural mm. places, are there small, small opportunities that people are not looking at? My, my, my curiosity is about how to cater to the needs of the huge informal sector and the large swath of small sector operators are there needs they have that we could rethink the way we operate just to meet those needs because they have quite some resources in there yeah so for instance markets i think uh, the way our markets operate isn't ideal they are overcrowded congested muddy in the raining season prone to fire, it needs to be re-looked at in such a way that it's more humane. I think if you lead design with a consideration of dignity of everyone, because everyone requires a certain level of dignity, then the spaces become um, more considered rather than commercial. So for instance, in the markets, if um, they have spaces where spaces of convenience are integrated well, um, it's a facility management which organizes the cleaning, so it's constantly clean, um, where children can be housed. Because most market places are probably dominated by women who have their children, toddlers around them, where they can be in a courtyard and play while the mother sells and still has eyes, rather than this linear um, way that we have. Because also, if it's circular in a courtyard, for instance, if you, the person coming to buy, steps into a courtyard. You can scan and know what is available before you go. But what happens now in a traditional market 
it is linear. So you mostly might buy from the person you see first, or you have to walk all the way to the end and realize, no, this is not what I'm looking for. It's not here. And then you go somewhere else. So I think for markets, it's impo- very important to me <laughs> that we really co- consider that. Also, um, our tabletop businesses, um, the woman who roast plantain there, um, who does the roasted yam and Kobe, banana seller, all of those, even the smaller kiosk, that if we could design and organize it, even if, for instance, they are color-coded per area. So, for instance, a bling pay would have all containers of this size. It's, it's predefined. It gives a visual cohesion and then makes it the general outlook of the area more planned and organized. Because in one place, you see the container is maybe one meter behind, one is behind, so this person has green, this person has yellow. It's a cacophony of things. Visual, visual noise. It needs to be organized. Yeah. And in those spaces too, that spaces of convenience are considered, um, again, places where children can play and organize are considered. Relevance is very big for you. Yes. It, it is. It is because it's... it's Functionality. Yes, it is because it's like wearing a shirt that doesn't fit. What, and we don't think of our spaces that way. It's, it's for purpose. It's designed for purpose. So... When we don't do it, it's it's bothersome. It's bothersome. <laughs> when I was young, I was living in Takradi, and we mm-hmm. had what's the famous market circle. Mm-hmm. So when you mentioned that markets could be circular, my mind went to market circle, circle. in in, in Takradi. The only sad part is that it was only the exterior that was circular because the market was built in, as it were, a large roundabout. Mm. So it was called market it's circle. circle. But interestingly, once you entered, it was still linear. linear. It was still linear. So it defeated the, the, <laughs> the, the, the idea you had about being able to enter and see in a circular form mm-hmm. all the stalls that were available. Yeah. Because imagine if you, um, in, well, I grew up in Kumasi, so there's um, maybe a, a place where you get only tomatoes and then you see the different, different types of tomatoes. If that was in a circle, you could stand there and scan and say, okay, this person has the best produce and head there <laughs> rather than to walk all the way and then they'll be pulling you and calling you and... We get tired, buy. Yeah. So it would be better. Let's talk about some of the technologies that have revolutionized the practice in, in, in various ways. I mean, drones, smartphones, AI, augmented reality with all these... Uh, Oculus mm-hmm. and innovative floor plans and so on. How are we up to date with these developments in our part of the world? Or the only thing to see in France? No, no, no. We are, we are up to date. We are up to date. Uh, the good thing about technology is that it's accessible, and so if you can purchase it, for instance, with BIM, Rivet use a lot of people use Rivet um, in our in our industry and AkiCAD and SketchUp. They are plugins and for rendering, and it's amazing what they can do with maybe two programs, um, Rhino, Grasshopper, and then uh, there's Veras, which is an AI rendering program. And But in the end, it's garbage in, garbage out. So if you, the operator, doesn't know, doesn't know what prompts to put in, you're not going to be able to uh, produce amazing things. But it cuts the rendering time. Short because we've had we have instances where you are rendering and it takes a whole night or a whole day to render a program, but with the AI, it can be done in short seconds, and and you can go through options of thought quicker to come out with the right uh, product for your client. But it's accessible here. We use um, the VR in our office. We design, and then your client can be invited over to where the Oculus and walk through the space. Um, also with, for instance, Lumion, that it can be videoed and sent to you so you get to have the feel of the motion of the place. We we'll use so that. Design a whole mall mm-hmm. and the person can literally wear an Oculus like, like a pair of glasses yes. and find themselves walking through, through the mall, take a right turn, take a left turn, mm-hmm. through the space, mm-hmm. how the washrooms will feel like. Mm-hmm. We did that with Christen by the beginning yeah. with the client. And it's it's really good because it helps the clients also um understand skill. Because prior to that, we had sometimes the clients would you you start construction and they say, Oh, um, Debbie, this is not what I thought. <laughs> Take this wall away because I expected it to be bigger. 
because most most lay people don't can't actually read the drawings and even if you explain so the vr helps it helps a lot so so that would be a reduction in trial and error yes and potentially also a reduction in, in cost. cost yeah let's end where we began with jobs all this conversation is aimed at getting young people to be able to confidently boldly take up job opportunities in the areas that are opening up. And so if we are talking about real estate today is because it's been cited as one of the fast growing industries. Um, so for the Ghanaian situation, there's a, an often bandied uh, about figure of, is it a 2 million deficit, uh, housing deficit? Uh, how 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 bad is the situation in terms of the housing deficit and what are the implications for 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 people um, of their not being adequate accommodation okay so um as a young person when you finish school and you emancipate yourself from your house oh. or you're kicked out you find that when you're looking for accommodation and someone tells you oh i have a nice two-bedroom in a billing pay they probably mean it's somebody's corridor that has been blocked off. And uh, even till now, like, the, the younger people in our office, they're constantly complaining because the what you can afford versus what is available closer to your workplace, it's in direct contradiction. And so and it means that you end up staying more in your parents' home if you can, living far off. And that's another challenge we have in Accra, for instance, that the people who need to be at work at eight live an hour or two away from work. And the wealthy clients who... Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Could have owned 20 acres in a brie and lived on a ranch, live in the center of town. And they don't need to be work at work at a They probably show up maybe at two or three because they run the other way. So if we don't look at densifying the city center, we don't mean the cantonments and the, those places can stay. But Achimota, North Kanishi, it's close enough to town that you can get to work and back. If we densify it, then the 1.8 or 2 million deficit, because these people actually I'm talking about already even have accommodation, and yet the accommodation is not good enough. So imagine the numbers of the scores of people who are sleeping out in the street um, or living in deplorable conditions just to make it, just to be able to get to work. And so we need to do something about it urgently. the city, then I think of the same Agnes who at the beginning of this interview said to me that I can't stand densification, especially when it's, it's concrete jam. Yes. Or you are saying it should be a Singapore way. Yes. Densify that, put, put gardens. Put gardens in between, break it with parks, even on the ground level. For instance, if we, we go four stories or five stories and we are not doing the high rise, then make sure that they are open areas for playing, for relaxing. Because if you went down five stories and you had a park close by that isn't overgrown, that you are not afraid that there's a mentally um, unstable person who may come and attack you in, then it enriches life. Because I'm, it, yesterday I got a message from somebody, I need an apartment in town. I can't do this traveling anymore. It's, my house is too far. And this person lives at Quintinsey and comes to work in town. And you, you get that often. So if the person lived in North Carnegie, for instance, on the fourth floor, and close by, maybe two minutes walk, there's a park where his children could play. His, the school is not far away. It gives a better quality of life to the individual, which means a better output in the company they are working in, and which means Ghana as a whole then benefits. But it seems that for some reason, when we think of affordable housing, we're still thinking far away. But we, I don't think far away works. Wow. It should be close to close to work. So you're saying that what we call affordable housing should be brought closer to the Yes. Because, 
two hours in traffic, four hours in traffic. The picture is traced, the sign of. Um, really, what are the picture? Yes, we'll bring down stress. How? If it's a purpose build, like you, you, the architecture is supposed to solve problems. It's not just shelter. It's high quality shelter done for a specific purpose. And so we can use architecture to solve some of our development problems, if given the chance. What a case to make for architecture. It can solve some of our big developmental problems. Agnes Pusua-Pia, she's the honorary treasurer of the Ghana Institute of Architects and a partner at Axenus, and she's been sharing her thoughts with us about the real estate industry, uh, the breadth, the length, the expanse, and very importantly, how young people can find space in there. Let me share my own learnings from her. And the first one, she challenged young ladies who are seeing a field as male-dominated to simply do four things, one, be passionate about it, two, be qualified, three, to boldly venture into the field, and four, to excel in this. Once you do that, there's nothing that is called an, an exclusively male um, reserved area. Just go in there and do well. The second point is that the, the cost of using a professional especially in architecture is 1% of the cost of the building for the entire lifespan. So please, don't be afraid to use a, a professional because you may go ahead and design it yourself and finish and find it relatively less functional in the area of ventilation, in the area of lighting, in the area of even, even measurement, leading to redoing it and, 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 and spending more time and money. The third is about an architecture in Africa, her vision for architecture in Africa to be, to be relevant culturally, technologically advanced and bioclimatically sensitive. She says, listen, let's not make this thing uh, without considering flooding, without considering our trees. Don't cut down the trees yet because you're about to build. See how much of it you can retain to make it more relevant to our, ourselves as a people. The fourth one is about correcting some of the mistakes that advanced countries made before us by the way we design. And she says, for instance, that they built high rises only to realize that they didn't leave a human touch. And she says, Singapore has got it right because on every fifth floor, they have, they break it either a park, a garden, or something more friendly to children. The fix about the breadth of the real estate sector, she lines up the value chain from the point of your acquired land. And it's a long chain long. from the land um, economies, the valuers, the planners, architects, urban planners, and she moves to the point where you start designing, then when you start building, then when you occupy it, then the interior people, and in between the various people in the value chain, just to help us appreciate, appreciate all that. But the part where you settle that touches me the most is about the carpentry, the masonry, and those areas that we tend to overlook as very serious players in the industry. Your six points about the education, you say it is tunnel vision and restricts people from doing combinations that they see not to be aligned, like for instance, science and music. And I talked about my own experience mm -hmm. with, with literature. Mm -hmm. You also talk about the fact that why can't you start a course, do it after a while and say, for a while and say, no, you know what, I won't do architecture again. I'm going to do planning or medicine or engineering. Your seventh point is about technical and vocational skills, and you are saying that there are incredible opportunities there, and right at the educational level, young people must be helped to appreciate them so they make informed choices. Yes. Your eighth point is about specialized architecture. You say even door handles and taps, mm -hmm. they are all specialized in those, and that's their business with mm -hmm. a wide range. But in our part of the world, you design what you are doing because the market is small. The ninth is about demand. And you say there are three things that have driven demand in real estate in the past few years. One, COVID-19, two, inflation, and three, the year of return. You say all have tended to lean towards residential accommodation. And because now people are working from home, they are requiring other considerations in the way you design their homes to be able to work from home. <laughs> the 10th is about relevant design. And you see, 
there should be ritual alignment. We can't just put one kiosk here, one kiosk there, <laughs> different colors, and it really doesn't say anything about the way you build our cities. But the part I like is about you saying that if you built a market, for instance, in a circular way, you could enter and with a, a span of your eyes, look at all the options and make better choices. It is all about relevance. The, the, the eleven was about technologies. You say they've made they made it far easier. The plugins in AI and all those things have made it easier to render your work, finish it earlier. But that should not make people think that if it is replacing the the creativity and the innovation of the of the professional because garbage in, garbage out. So you need to be good to use the technology. Yeah. So those who think that technology is taking over your work, listen, if you are not good, you can be given a hundred technologies and you will still be bad. So garbage in, garbage mm -hmm. out. The final point from Agnes is that we should look at creative ways to resolve the housing deficit. You say, yes, we say we have a 2 million or 1.8 million housing deficit, but we can, for instance, densify parts of the city to avoid people traveling for two hours just to get to work. And you end by saying, if architecture were given a chance or relative were given a chance, it would solve some of our developmental problems. If it were given a chance, if. By whom? Well, by clients, by government. <laughs> because the decisions as to um, what is built where is driven by the client, a developer, um, the government. Because the government also um, makes rules and could possibly give subsidies, for instance, for maybe first-time house owners or things like that. And so if the enabling environment, if the environment was enabling, it would allow for more of that. I mean, we in our own way, brightening our small corner, have have made also uh, proposals and things and had discussions with uh, people in high levels and are working towards, for instance, um, solving in our way the two-hour commute because it affects even our staff. And so if you, we can solve it and it works, then it could be something that can be replicated. And so that's something we are working on. Our, on. But it will be good to have the support of policy makers policy makers financial institutions help us to make life easier for all of you and that is the closing message from architect Ag agnes Ofusuapia. she's saying that much more can be done to make life easier for all of us reduce the stress and keep the smiles on our faces if we can give architects more power to help us live a better life. She's made a very strong case for the whole industry. One woman, one woman, she's speaking for the industry. <laughs> so we'll end on that note by saying a big thank you to you, Agnes, for coming by. Thank you too for having me. This was very enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it more than you. <laughs> I'm telling you that for sure. I enjoyed it more than you. And let's do this again. Yes, we should. Let's do this we again. Should. And when you come carrying the whole industry as a treasurer, <laughs> you are too powerful. All right, so my name is Albert Okran, saying thank you to you all and to the Springboard Roadshow Foundation for making this possible, and to our partners, the MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, and the Ghana Growth Program, and our media partners, the Multimedia Group, and the Graphic Business. Check out Agnes on page 18, this Tuesday, the Graphic Business, sharing her thoughts about a better Ghana and a better world, powered by architects held by AI. That's my own son. <laughs> so we come away again next week. My name is Albert O'Grancy. God bless you. God bless you. And uh, God bless you. Sponsors, Enterprise Group, MTN, Media Partners, Joy FM, Joy Prime, and Graphic Business. Springboard, your personal value will shoot up. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. 
¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC.